Alrighty, what is going on? It's Joel. This is um something I've kind of wanted to do for a little while. Um, something different, just a different spin on you know having conversation with people about music. This is the original me podcast. It'll still fall under the same umbrella as the my age podcast. It's just a completely different spin on you know an idea I kind of had because I'm always interested in it. Basically, the concept is to speak to musicians, um, songwriters, that kind of thing, singers, musicians, songwriters, whatever, the whole kit and caboodle, um, and basically they pick three of their songs and we play the songs and we have a conversation about, you know, just the the ins and outs of the band, what was happening, where they were at the time, you know, as in what they were kind of drawing influence from, from particular jams. They pick the songs, um, it, you know, there can be an interesting story behind the song, there can be... You know, it could be one of their bigger songs and kind of talks about how, well, we can talk about how, you know, it changed the dynamic for the band or the, the you know, the audience or the, the scope or, you know, that all that kind of jazz. So there's nothing really restricting it um, as in they can talk about what they want. They just pick, the guest picks three songs and we go from there. Um, yeah, I've always just thought that when you hear someone's, when you hear something about music in context, Oh, sorry. Let me start again. When you hear about when you hear a song and then you hear like a story behind it or context behind it, you can kind of you get more of a um, I don't know. You feel a bit closer to the song and it has just that extra layer of um, connection, or you get that extra layer of connection. Well, I do. So this is why this is the kind of idea behind what I'm doing, or why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I hope you dig it. Um, this is the first. You know, I'll probably these won't be regular. They'll just be kind of. I'll throw them out whenever I can, and um, we'll see how we go. But you know, everyone's got a bit of time to chat at them. Well, not everybody, but people have got a bit of time to chat at the moment. So I'll kind of get as many as I can, and we can make the damn thing happen. Uh, the My Age Podcast is always brought to you by Gringo Bandito Hot Sauce, the greatest hot sauce in the world. You can get it in the US. You can get it from GringoBandito.com, or you can find it on Amazon. In Australia, you can get it from BlastOfImports.com. Or you can get it on eBay. Um, also, My Age Podcast is part of the popular network, Red Hot Little Bloody Network. If you are, if you, you know, if you're asking me, which you are, or well, you're not asking, but I'm telling you, um, there's a bunch of really cool podcasts on it um, about supernatural stuff, about Stephen King, about Star Wars, about you know people just talking shit. Um, you know, there's something. Yeah, if you like this, you know, there might be something else you might like on there. So check it out, Podbelly.com. Uh, and if you're interested in starting a podcast, you can also. Have a crack at um, the whole bunch of information about you know how to get your stuff up on iTunes and how to get your stuff here and there and how to get your you know how to actually get the damn thing set up. If you've got an idea, head over there and uh, they can help you out. I'll try not to talk too long because I'm trying to make these relatively quick, you know, under an hour so people can easily digest them. Uh, today's guest is the most podcasted man in uh, 2020. His name is Peter Bordy. He's played in bands like Restraint. Uh, Last Nerve, uh, no apologies. We talk about those three bands on this episode. He's also done. He's also released a tape at the moment. So we recorded this before the tape was kind of announced, but the tape is now out. Uh, his band's called Smash. Um, and I'm trying to think of the other band he did, but I can't fucking think of it. It will come to me. Level, thank you, level. Um, so yeah, most podcasted men in 2020. Fantastic human, um, you know, wrote wrote some fucking memorable hits, and we're going to, well, hits as in hardcore hits, um, 
and we're going to talk about them. Hope you enjoy what you hear. Shoot me some feedback. Same, um, you know, my age podcast on the socials and all that kind of shit. And cool. Hope you enjoy it. All righty. Um, I got on the line Peter Bordy from basically Australian hardcore. Um, he's been in some of the biggest bands and, you know, done the damn thing for a very long time. Um, appeared on Parkway Drive albums and... If you went to a hardcore show, you would have seen him either tour managing or dancing in the pit or doing whatever he does. Um, lucky enough to have a chat to him on an early episode of the Original Me podcast where we're going to talk about a couple of his songs that are kind of either mean a lot to him or have a special place in his kind of heart or were great live or it's an interesting story about the recording process. So, mate, how you doing? Good, mate. How are you? Good. Very, very good. All righty. So, the, we've... The bands we're going to go through today, uh, you know, the, the three bands that most people would obviously know you from, even though you've done two since the last band we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk about a restraint song, a last nerve song, and a no apology song. But also, you played in, you did a band called Smash. Did that ever record anything? Yeah, we recorded. Well, the plan with that, it was just, uh, I was going to try and do it all myself. Yep. But I, I can barely play bass, so I somehow managed to do the guitar. But we only had a day to do the drums, and like I literally can't really play the drums. So it was either I reckon I recorded one song for that Australian hardcore compilation. Yep. While No Apologies was a band. Yep. So Pete, Pete, and Andreas were there for that. I, I think Pete might have done a solo or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But then the demo was after No Apologies, but I had Andreas come in because it was all still at that um, Institute of Music. Like oh, that yeah, yep. recorded. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just did the drums, like literally had never heard the songs before. I'd never played them on guitar. Um, and yeah, we just did it in a day. But that wasn't like a really a band. I think I actually did one show, but it's like... Because you played with, I remember um, you played, the one show was with Jungle Fever. At, was that um, like some weird factory in Marrickville or something? Nah, it was Bar Broadway? No, not Bar Broadway. What am I talking about? Um, nah, uh, the show Smash played was definitely in so, like some, unlike that, that what, the Princess Highway. It was like, I've never been to a show there before. I'm sure you it did was, one at the Sando. At the old stage at the Sando before they knocked out that wall and put it in the big room. And it was nah, hot as fuck. that was internal affairs, maybe. Nah. Remember when we all <laughs> yeah. like a random lineup of people played and Corey sang? Yeah, I thought I thought sure smashing. I thought because oh, probably just, that might have been early no apologies. Maybe I don't. That that was when we we're in that room. Yeah, it could have been actually. Maybe I'm confusing mm. it. Yeah, go. I remember seeing Ricky playing bass for it. Did he ever? Does that ever sound familiar? Nah, uh, no, because it was. I was trying to make it a straight edge band, but I literally can't remember who played. In the yeah, right. And it wouldn't have been so Ricky. I've got no idea. <laughs> no, definitely wasn't him. Yeah, fair um, enough. I literally can't remember. Actually, remember that kid Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he played guitar. I, I think. Like yeah. I've literally got no idea who yeah. played in the band. It was so long. Well, yeah, it was so long ago, but it was probably only. Oh fuck! It would have been it would have been like fifteen years. Oh, 12, 15 no, it was years ago. Two thousand and nine. Okay. I reckon. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Because I'm writing. I've just finished writing an EP for that now, which is bizarre. But it's just because it's like 
super simple bonehead hardcore and it's I, I don't know for some weird reason I can't turn it off in my brain that's so fair enough keep doing it but I'm no intentions on playing shows though yeah and so then the no. other the other band you do is level what's 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 happened with that you did a seven inch um, kind of recently yeah. no that was a while ago now oh, fuck. That, okay <laughs> we did that band for so long and it really was quite hard. Like it, it's just too hard for me, anyway. At this point in my life, to yeah. um, be trying to do a semi-serious band, you know what I mean? Like, not that it's serious, but I'm, I mean, not that it's like you know a job or anything. But I mean, to even try to tour or like we did a little bit of stuff when yeah. we were in Sydney and Melbourne, but it's just too hard, man. Like, mate, the dad life, dad life makes stuff. Yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah, but it just. The re- reward for it just wasn't worth it for me anyway. No, that makes sense. Cool. So let, again, let's let's have a let's talk about some of the um, the bands that people would obviously probably not more likely know you from. Uh, we'll go we'll go in chronological order because that kind of seems like the best yep. place to start. Let's the song you're going to go with is "Lonely" by which is the first track off the Our School EP by Restraint. Um, just a hard re- like it's it's just such a hard song. And what when, when was this released? This would have been two thousand and one ish. No, well, I'm looking up like my memory's so bad in front of me right now. I have all the CDs so that I can remember. So it tells me here 
that that was recorded in November of 2001. There you go. Um, but, yeah, so I'm a couple years out of school. Yep. And that band started in 96 when I... 96 or... 9, no, 96. Wow. No, no... Uh, either 96 or 98. No, it must have been 98, actually. Okay, that makes a bit more sense. Um, Cause no, you... you know what? It's actually 96. Because I was still at my old school. I was in year 10. And I finished school in 90... Yeah, 100%, 96. But, it, yeah, we took a long time to work <laughs> out. But like, even when we recorded this EP, like, looking at it now and listening to it especially, like, we just... I just had no idea what we were doing like truth, literally making it up as we went truth I've be told no but idea. you go on sorry <laughs> i just like got no idea how one we ever played a show two nigel ever wanted to release it because it's not good <laughs> <laughs> and it's just bizarre like because when you listen to stuff that was around at the same time it's like oh like within blood and stuff like that wasn't that far off from here from memory yeah it's like those records are still amazing <laughs> yeah but i do know what we were trying to do like we started as like just a hardcore band like i don't know in my eyes or something maybe like not youth crew but then i guess it was just trying to be heavier like everyone else but there okay. is a go down that's why my voice is like trying to sound heavy instead i just sound weird what were you like so what were you vocally kind of trying to draw influence from and look yeah you know like it in my opinion it still holds up relatively well considering it's no no no, like it's 19 it's no no (laughs) it's 19 years ago like i'm sure if you listen to a lot of other bands from 19 years ago like they'd pull they'd pick their shit apart as like bands would pick their own shit apart as well so like you know musically it sounded yeah it yeah, it it sounded like it was recorded on some kind of budget, but that's all really that's all people had back then. You know, Pro Tools and yeah. home recording well, you wasn't know what? a thing. Probably wasn't even the budget. It was just that we were so shit, and <laughs> <laughs> that's what a studio sounded like in two thousand and one for a thousand bucks or whatever. It yeah, was for a thousand bucks a weekend or whatever. Yeah, like I don't even remember where that place was. Eh? I've got What's... the only memory I have from that recording is that Ricky wasted a whole day trying to record his bass track because he was too stubborn to let Pete do them. <laughs> uh, he's like, no, I'll get it. And he just kept going on and on. Like, I just had to leave. I was like, this is bad. And the only other thing I remember is all the DOC guys were there for some reason. Okay. And we were listening to Throwdown cover Baby Got Back in yep. their van. So yep. On the, that's um, the only memory yeah. I have. <laughs> like, I don't even remember anything else. Where we stayed, I think we might have even slept in the studio. So where was it recorded? Uh, St. Andrew's Studios with Mark McCormack. <laughs> Is that in Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, we went to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah cuz that was like bands recorded there. Like they that yeah, was a, that was the studio. Recorded. Yeah. Yeah, that, like Nigel obviously probably Teed organized it, up. it all for us. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah. Like I said, like even putting together the songs. Like they actually I didn't listen to it today, I probably should have, but from memory it all kind of flows together pretty well, which yeah. is something I always try to do with releases like you want to you know, kind of make sense, not just to be a collection of songs, but for it to sort of make sense. And it kind of does that from memory, but 
yeah, the noise that you hear is not amazing. Ah, that's all good. That's so. Like, what kind of you know the for people who what's the lyrical content about, and kind of where were you where were you drawing not inspiration for like what you were going for, but where were you drawing inspiration from lyrically? Yeah, well, definitely the two thousand and what is it one peak to the. 2020, a very different yeah. human. <laughs> yep, yep. But this song was actually about my family because most of them was always lived apart. And I just remember saying goodbye to them once and I was super bummed and sad and I was like, oh, I just wrote a song on the plane. Yeah. And I'm reading it now. It's a bit emotional, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, but that's what Pete Bursky used to say. He always uh, wrote emo lyrics for a hardcore band. <laughs> that's but right. I'm looking at the other ones and they're pretty... Funny. They're not that emo. I don't know. No, yeah. well, they can't. No, nah, well, some of them, I don't know. I guess some of them are, but some of them just make no sense. It's kind of that late 90s, early 2000s where you're just trying to be vague and yeah, yeah. write about shit that no one, like, I don't, not that I even listened to any of those Poison the World bands or any of that, but I guess that must have been coming from that. It must and when you said vocally, I was just going for like Hatebreed and Buried Alive, but just yeah. really not, really not getting there <laughs> yeah you I, i've always thought because i remember at um whatever whatever you oh. crafter fest was that you did um mm. that restraint did uh, went you know let's call it 2004 but who the fuck knows um oh, God. i always i always want to tell you yeah well i always wondered like i'd love to hear that recorded with pete Bur- uh, peter Bordy, like when you found a a more, yeah, a more, a more, a more comfortable voice, or like a voice you were more yeah, comfortable yeah. with. Did that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. I um, we recorded songs right before we broke up. So when Last Nerve was still kind of a was a band. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, Crafter Fest was. No, oh, it doesn't say. I've got laminate here. I'm in the room with all my shit. Oh, I can't even work it out. It was I, the same I would time have thought Tiger Army tour because I had to leave the Tiger Army tour to, to do it. Two thousand and five. I would have said yeah, two thousand and five because it was just as I joined. Mm. I, I'd been in taking sides for a minute. Yeah, yeah. That was a sick show. That was the best show Restraint ever played. That's yeah, and that's what again, and that's all what the I thought. Guys were, I remember watching it going like, "Fuck! It would be great to hear these these vocals recorded over our school." Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, oh well. Awesome. <laughs> so have you got anything else to add? Like um, um like why like well, why did this song w- w- did this song get a good reaction live? Was it always a first like was it always first um, in the set or like kind of Yeah, I think it was kind of always the first song, you know, it's kind of got the little intro part at the start. Yep. It probably is if you know if you listen to the other one, like it's probably one of the the songs that maybe yeah, you could get away with now. Where some of them are pretty average. <laughs> we had Beltsy sing on one of the songs, which was sick. I yeah. probably should have put that one. And then Ben from DSC sang on one too. Yeah, that's right. But no, this is probably probably the better one, best best song. But it's probably just I wanted to just have a restraint song because it was like a band with my actual you know best friends before hardcore, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Although the the original drummer introduced us all, you know, so. Yep. It was so weird. We all grew up right in the same area and all kind of knew each other without knowing each other. It's real. It's kind of like that, you know. Like I'd always see Ricky and Pete <laughs> told me stories of when I like kicked his footy over a fence and 
punched him or something. I didn't even remember doing it. Dumb shit like that. That's awesome. That's yeah. it. So I get look. So the next band we're going to talk about is Last Nerve, um, which you know I'm a I'm a mega fan um, from the get go. Um, and you know you were saying that you'd kind of this kind of had a crossover with like Restraint was kind of ending as Last Nerve was kind of taking off. Like what was the what was the story about starting a new band where you weren't going to sing, but you were yeah, and you were going to kind of take on a different sound. What was the story with? Yeah, how well, did Last Nerve I kind wasn't of come about? In it. I wasn't in, never in Last Nerve. Um, so Dave started touring with Restraint pretty much everywhere we went, like yep. every tour, which was cool. And um, he just loved hardcore and like searched it out, knew all the bands. Like he was showing us, you know, he was showing Ricky like bands, you know what I mean? And yeah. Rick had already been into the music for friggin' 10 years or longer. Um, so he was just like, I don't think Australia's ever seen someone as into a hardcore as Dave was. Yeah. Really, like, maybe Clint, actually, from Short Clint Chapman. Yep. Or, you know, but to that level, and it was just like, he wanted to start a band that sounded like the bands he listened to. Yeah. Which no one was doing out here. Nah, well, not at the time. Like, yeah. I found my direction, obviously, within Blood, those kinds of bands. And Dave always used to, like, sort of ham it up and carry on, like, <laughs> how much he hated all the metal and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, he, you know, half of it was probably, but half of it was, I don't know, you can't really tell what you're getting with Dave, nah. He holds um, it, He holds his cards close to his chest. Yeah, like, he does, but then he gives you that little smile, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, oh, absolutely I do, yeah. So anyway, so the band, I remember we're in a band and we're talking about the band and yeah it was everyone that was in it except someone else was playing bass and I won't mention his name but he was also playing in restraint and when we had that car accident oh yeah um yeah so that was the drummer and the bass player because Ricky was overseas so he was filling in on bass yep um so after that car accident obviously those two dudes weren't gonna be involved at all and yeah um I Sort of, I've never played an instrument. Had, although I've been in bands for a long time and gone to shows for freaking years prior to that, I'm just never really had interest in. Like, I, I when I was younger, I tried to play guitar, but it was just too hard. Like, I'd rather go surfing, or you know, I was playing football, and I had a bunch of other shit going on. So yeah, but this was like, you know, they started a band. Pete had songs, and he he said he would teach me. That it was super easy. <laughs> awesome. Kind of kept it pretty easy for me, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, they pretty much a lot of the lyrics were about the other guys. I think that definitely. Um, some, I won't say. Anyway, so so in last in last nerve, you kind of you took a backseat musically and just kind of let Dave oh, and yeah. Pete kind of oh, steer yeah. the ship. Yeah, no, that was, it was Dave's band. Yeah, Pete wrote the song. Um, and in the end, I started like booking us and doing stuff like that but it was Dave's band for sure I had nothing to do with it I couldn't freaking write anything but that's why I did pick the song I did Requiem yep. because I did write that little intro and I did play it oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, everything else in the history of the band is Pete it's just Pete yeah that's just how we do it like that's how we did it for no apologies yep 
I don't know. I fully get like guys wanting to play it, and like say for you because you're a really good bass player, like you would play it. But for anyone else, like who's just playing bass because they just want to be in the band, it just makes sense for the guy who wrote the songs to play the bass. If you ask me, yeah, sounds tighter. You know what I mean? It's played by the guy who wrote it. All that it can sound however it wants live, but for recording one because every band I've ever been in, we've had no money, so we're trying to get it done quick as well. Yeah. Know? But yeah, I just remember, again, I haven't listened to it for a while, but I just remember that that's actually me playing the bass. And the actual I'm intro. shit. <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 dun. See, so, let's listen. recorded in 2003 in 2002 my wife got some work in Townsville and because I don't know why because actually I do know why because I was so shit at playing bass I took a bass with me to practice with yeah because she she would work every day and I'd just go to the beach and freaking sit in this place we were staying and play bass and that's where I wrote it up in sunny Townsville 
That's awesome. So that was then, what I loved about this song is it was like it was a quintessential like closing song. Like it was yeah, it had a like re- a last song yeah, it sounds like that. a last song. Like it reminds me of um I'm not gonna fucking think of the song now. But there's a suicide file song, um I which I think that clearly ripped it off. Yeah, well, not ripped it off. <laughs> but, but it, it, I, I was about to say the same thing. I can't name the song and I haven't listened to it again for as long as I haven't listened to this, our own song. But yeah. I know we I know what you're saying. It's got the same vibe. Yeah, um it's like it's it just has like it's drawn out but it's not you know, it's not overkill and it just kinda has a really big build up and yeah, when mm. the vocals come in it just kinda kicks in. Um it is called a pleasure to have in class. That was what it was called. Oh, well, yeah. That's the yeah. that's the song I think of. Like, and and not think yeah. of in a bad way. Like, oh, you ripped it off, or whatever. But just like, it's got that classic, long extended. Like, this is yeah. This is the final this is chapter. The last song. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I really like when, even though it was only a seven inch, I love when bands do that. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. Like I'm, like I've already said, I really am a big believer in writing either EPs or albums that actually flow, have a reason to what they're doing, and yeah. make sense, and know? have a, have a direction in, like in the process. Yeah. yeah, 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 and like not again. This last move was very much like restraint. I don't know how the fuck, like the orders of songs and stuff like that. I, I know the last nerve EP changed because we put too much music on one side of the seven inch. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't yeah, fit I'm on the side. Yeah. Break and take, or yeah, break and take. I think was on the. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember now. But yeah. we did get the test presses back, and they were fucked. So we had to fully change it. So lucky that didn't like play a big difference. But yeah, yeah. Um, even also, we're talking about demo songs. But yeah, even the demo that makes sense. Like I always like a, a short first song, to yeah. punch out in the album rather than a drawn out, you know, first song. But the last song should always sound like the last song for me, anyway. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Oh, and Jay Snapshot, colourful legend of Sydney hardcore, <laughs> said yeah. that Pete's solo on that song was the best solo on an Australian hardcore song. That's where wow. unquote. That's, unquote. Yeah, it's that's pretty awesome. close. Yeah, though. it's pretty good. Yeah, it's. I mean, he he's just A-C-D-C, got that sound. Jazzy, yeah. fucking what the fuck? I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he's he does so have like, that on, just that sound. Yeah, it it kind of makes no sense for like a what would you call last night like youth crew kind of band? Yeah, yeah, to just have crazy solo. Yeah. Which just like a lot of hardcore in general. Maybe. Yeah, a lot of hardcore mm. in general just doesn't have that solos because, mm. let's be real, like the musicianship isn't always there. Yeah. And also it, it can be kind of seen as a big wank fest. But, yeah. you know, when you fucking, you know, smoke them if you got them, you know. Yeah, I think the whole vibe was like ACDC. Yeah. Um, in my eyes, maybe. You yeah. Know, like there's a... It was pretty, but yeah, it was, I guess that's why it was like, no one was really doing that and probably, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Sick. Alrighty, so the last one we're going to go with is um, a song off an album that's got a weird little, you know, I've always had a weird little affinity to it and we'll talk about it, I guess, soon enough. Yeah. Anyhow, but um, we're going to go with the song Survival, off the album Survival by No Apologies.
So last nerve did was did last nerve and no apologies have a kind of crossover time or last nerve ended and then no apologies eventually started. From memory, I don't think there was any crossover time with this one, but I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure there wasn't. Okay. Last Nerve's last show was Hardcore 2005, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, I would have said it was six, but yeah. I think it was 05. I reckon we went from 2003 to 2005. Okay. Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But no, there was no, I don't think there was any crossover. Just when um, No Apologies started, it was, similar to what I guess I'm doing with Smash now. I had no intentions of playing live. Yep. I wrote it all myself, and I just wanted the guys to help me record the 7-inch because, I don't know why, I guess just because they're better than me at the instruments. So, like, Mick played drums, Baraz played guitar, and Rob. Yeah, Hoddy. From Stronger Than Hate. Yeah, yeah. he played bass. yeah. Not sure how that came about, though. How did uh, how why was why did Pete Bursky not play guitar? Yeah, I don't know. It's not <laughs> like we had a falling out or anything. I'm trying to think. Oh, I do know. He was playing in toe to toe. Ah, uh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah that keep so you busy. He was kind of busy doing yeah. that stuff. Yeah, that's why. Um, so he only ended up starting to play with No Apologies when Rob left. Yep. Fuck. And then Brothers left too. God, no apologies went through lots of people. And then Mick left. Yep. Then Jigsy, so I pretty much just stole Jungle Fever's band. Oh, that's right, because um, uh, yeah. Dooley played drums, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. did. And Jigsy was on guitar, and then we didn't have a bass player. I'm surprised I didn't ask you. Yeah. <laughs> then randomly, I just, Pete started playing in, using my bass. Um,. Yeah, so it was pretty random couple of... And then, like, it was still just me writing the music and, like, obviously Pete probably pretty bored playing my shit song. Um, and it wasn't until Todd came and stayed with me fuck, 2000 and summer of 2006 into 2007. He stayed with me for, like, two months, I reckon. Yeah, so this is Todd um, Jones from Carry yeah. On and... Or na- yeah. Well, now nails. Favorite and, band. Yeah, everybody's favorite bands. Yeah. And again, I don't even really know how that happened. Like, I'm not sure. I think he lost his job, and he was just like, "Hey, um, can I come to Australia?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I just moved into a new like me and my now wife have just moved out into our own place, like literally not long before it, I think." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, come and stay." Like, we're in a one bedroom unit. You know, he's fucking sleeping on our lounge, playing guitar really loudly when, like, we're just trying to watch TV or eat dinner. Yeah. But he's such a legend. He has no, like, social awareness or gives a fuck about anyone. Yeah. It's so great. Um, So, yeah, and then he saw us play a few times and was like, you guys could be a lot better than you are. Cool. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You and Pete. You and Pete get it, like you should be doing this more seriously. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, no, nah, we, you know, we kind of did last nerve for a while, and that's sort of enough. Of that maybe, you know, I think, I think I 
sort of just got a job again and didn't want to really tour much. But then he just was writing songs and then we started like kind of writing some stuff together and he had a song that he'd already had written for another band that we ended up using as well. It's the first song on that record. Yep. Um, called Crushed. Yep. That was for um, that band Guns Up, who I never liked. But he wrote that for them, apparently. Yeah, right. Yeah. Why didn't um, they use it? I'm not sure. I think they... There was a reason. I can't remember what they said. Okay. I just remember him telling me that they actually got in touch with Entombed and asked if they could steal that riff. And okay. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Oh, you'll have to listen to it, but it's literally the same riff. Yeah. Todd told me that they contacted them and said, is it okay if we use this, which is just fucking bizarre. Yeah, that's an interesting one, yeah. That band was just like a no-warning rip-off anyway, so, but whatever. Um, And then, yeah, anyway, Todd was showing me all the, like, the Chromag stuff after Best Wishes, which I'd never even, like, cared to listen to at all yeah not many people do i just remember when todd was at my house we just listened to the chromags adolescence and then that was it chromags and adolescence yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah all the old like showed me like alpha and omega obviously other side of madness because that's where we got the idea for survival from. yeah yeah <laughs> um it's, again very similar but goes in a different direction I guess so but yeah so he, he just started well we started fucking around and then he wrote that and like actually put it to drums and everything and I was like fuck we're gonna have to use this and then so we already had the other song and then him and Pete so I'd go to work and Pete would come over with the guitar and those two would just fucking play guitar in my house all day <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um so I think they were just like yeah like Pete was showing him jazz shit um and I guess Todd was just fucking knows what they were up to, but it would have been pretty cool. Yeah. And then I guess, yeah, that was sort of the inspiration. He actually played a show with us at the Manning Bar, like kind of one of those big shows Graham used to do, maybe like a Christmas show or something. Oh, the yeah, the Resist resist mm. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pete was on bass, Jiggy was on guitar, and Todd played guitar too. Um, Obviously before smartphones so there's no footage of footage it. of it yeah I do. someone did film it though they filmed when we played survival for the first time i wish i could get it i don't know where the fuck it would be or who filmed it on what if you're listening but i did i have i have a yeah. feeling i know who it may have been and i'll reach out to him mm, was yeah. it that bodyboarder kid i would i'd assume it, him i assume it may have been tina Oh, Tina, yeah, Tina filmed side of stage. Yeah, if Jigsy was there, Tina filmed heaps of shit. What with? Just a ham, ham like a camcorder. Yeah, right. Yeah, I've got I've got a bunch of jungle oh, fever maybe stuff. Maybe it was her. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right. There's a good chance of it. So yeah, so that'd be good. Dug that up. Yeah. Well, it'd be pretty interesting. I remember Todd watched it and he just writing me off telling me I should be going off more <laughs> that's what's really good about him though like yeah you know especially Australian I feel like Australian people or like and I'll explain this if you play a show and you go how was it they go oh yeah it was good yeah you know instead of saying oh well you fucked up this yep that was sick that could have been better they don't actually tell you anything 
That yeah, they don't well, want the confrontation. Well, Todd fucking tells you, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's great because it's hands the fans. If it wasn't him, we wouldn't have done that record. And then like that record by far is the best. No apology stuff, obviously. It sounds like so, it. It you it know. Was, it, so when did that come out? Two thousand and eight. Seven. Seven. Two thousand seven. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, so my my connection to it is you guys recorded it at the bass, vocals, and drum. Sorry, bass, vocals, and guitars at my place um, yep. with Trent when we were living at Wom- uh, at Wombrel on the Central Coast. Um, but like, listening to it today, Wait, where was it? Where were we? Wombrel, which is Wombrel. Like, which is like the next beach up from Terrigal. Is that the beach that was on Wombrel Beach? Yeah, yeah, one. This is how shit my, I remember yeah. your house, and I remember the beach, and I remember there was no waves the whole time we were there, which was probably good. Yeah, <laughs> get get a, get a bit of work done. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I looked up. Two five eight was that like the number of the house? That was something? yeah. So we lived in. Is that what it says in the in the artwork? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, yeah. It recorded at two five eight. <laughs> yeah, so two five eight. Um, we lived in unit or oh, a yeah a townhouse two. Slash fifty eight Ocean View Drive on Wombrel in yeah, Wombrel. So yeah, we just called it. Yeah, yeah. We just called it the two five eight. We were all going to get to me, Rory, who played in Last Nerve, and yeah. Trent Crawford, who one dollar short, and I guess you know helped produce it and, or whatever. And also is a fucking legend. And is a legend, absolutely. We're all going to get two five eight tattoos because we all lived in the place together, and I was the only one to get one. So. You know, I'm still waiting for those fuckers to get um, one. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder what the fuck your neighbours thought was going on in there. Yeah, it's a, I don't know. How did we do that? We so there was a the guitar amp was under the stairs. Yeah, it was fucking loud. Yeah, it would have been blistering loud. Yeah, guitar amp was under the all the amps were under the stairs, and um, we just kind of put mattresses in front of them and um, like blankets and shit to kind of you know mute well not mute it but silence it as much as we could because yeah. you know do that thing and then um. Yeah, oh, and I remember you... What like, else did you record there? Jungle Fever's album. No shit. Yeah, Staying Alive, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we did the drums. Before or after us? After. After. Once once we realised yeah. how... Oh... I guess it must have been after. Yeah, yeah. Because I think Staying Alive was 2008, after. yeah. So, um... Yeah. Because, yeah, once we realised how good you guys sounded and Trey made you guys sound, we were like, well, fuck it, let's just do it, do it all... At my place again, um, yeah. and it's like, like you know, you compare the two. Obviously, you don't compare in song wise, but like sonically, the Jungle Fever stuff's good, but it was perfect for No Apologies and the sound. You like for for what Trent could pull, it was fucking perfect. Yeah. Like it was, it's yeah. so massive. Like yeah, the continue- only thing when I listen to it now, I just think it's a little bit too clean. Okay, like if it was, but like. The guitar tones and everything are good, though. Yeah. For, like, doing them the way we did them. Yeah, fair enough. I'm just so. remembering that he did the solo on Survival, and it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He did it first take. Yeah. And he just busted out, like, kind of ran around the kitchen bench and just fucking, like, imagine, like, 80s rock style, like, just, like, Jack Black School of Rock yeah. style, just going for it. And then it was like perfect. Yeah. Like we didn't do it again. No, it's just, it's what he <laughs> does. Like that. So he kind of grew like up he on. He um, felt it. You know what yeah. I mean? He just fully felt it. He grew, he grew up listening to like, like actual metal bands, like, you know, Carcass or Testament or, or sh- and yeah. shit like that, yeah. where 
that's what you played. So like when yeah. he, when he hears a song that's like <laughs> rocky and groovy and just goes, yeah. oh well, let me play one of those solos, but like in this tempo, and just fucking <laughs> blows the lid off it. Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool that he did it, and he also did the slide guitar on "Dying to Live," which I that's right about as well. Yeah, yeah, and I can picture that, and that's fucking cool too. I think it took him a few times to get that though. Cause that's fucking around. Yeah, yeah. That's Not fucking funny. rad. <laughs> That's awesome. Mate, this has been fantastic. Thank you for having a chat. Um, is, is there anything else do you want to kind of drop before we say goodbye? No, not really. I really like this concept. I'm yeah. excited to hear other people. I'm more interested in hearing about recording, writing and recording yeah. than I think any about anything else, really, for me anyway. I'm, yeah. Like if you could do one. Contact the guy from 100 Demons for me, would you? Ask him about <laughs> okay. In the Eyes of the Lord. <laughs> okay, I'll see what I can do. That would be a sick one. I'll pull oh, some dude, strings. That band, like, they were fucking all loose units, yet yeah. they managed to write and record the sickest album. Yeah. So how did that happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But it goes with hardcore, like Age of Quarrel. How the fuck did they do that? That's Yeah, that's one of those albums where it's like planets aligned. Like, yeah, I guess. Like they yeah. had a nerdy, like, sick guitar player, sick drummer. Yeah. You know, I guess he's a good bass player. He definitely can do it. But yeah. Loose, you know, yeah. Just, just how loose it must have been, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah, you can't, you couldn't, with all the technology in the world, you couldn't you couldn't recreate that kind of thing. Oh, you could never do it again. They should yeah. have just never tried to do anything after yep. it either because <laughs> you can't get better. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, last minute edition, um, got with me still Peter Bordy from all the bands mentioned before. Earlier in the episode, we talked about that he did a band called Smash that really was kind of writing, but, you know, a few ideas kicking around. And then fast forward a couple of weeks later, look out, there's a new recording, a new tape that can be pre-ordered, which is going to be released the day this episode comes out. So if there's some available, click the links and do the damn thing. But if not, you know, it'll be on Bandcamp, won't it? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. It has t- to be. A tape release. What's the what's the thought behind that? Um, I left it up to the label. Okay. Uh, Life Lair Regret Records. Yep. Uh, the Twins and Nicole, all legends down in Melbourne. Um, uh, basically, the truth, I reckon. It's obviously, it's the, the cost. Um, yeah. When Michael came to me about this, I can't remember how it came up in conversation or just DMing on Instagram. And he goes, oh, we'd love to do it. And I was like, oh, man, like, I'm not going to play shows. I'm not going to tour. You know yeah. what I mean? So yep. I, total- I totally get it. Like, doing a release is fucking expensive. You know, I've done yeah. one that was- and it's stressful. And um, so it's just an easy way for people to actually have a physical copy, you know? Like, yeah. I know I don't love tapes. I don't have a tape player. Yeah. I'm not going to play it. But on the other hand, it's I also like having something in yeah. my hands. You yeah. know what I mean? As opposed to like ones to, and zeros. Yeah. Yeah. As if, I, I don't buy music on the internet. I don't pay for Spotify. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. use it as a tool to check things out. And, yeah. But if there's something I really like, I buy it, you know, and I'd like, you know, so, if, it's, if it's Australian and – People I know too, I'd buy it. Yeah. So I feel there was a missed opportunity here because you did 50, 50 on green, yeah? Uh, I think it's blue. Oh, is it blue? Right. Okay. I think that's my favorite color. <laughs> right, because I remember like this is this is going to go way back and this will date the both of us, but I would have been 
look, if I was, I'd be surprised if I was 18, but I probably would have been 18 outside carrying by Bizzos. You guys have played, with, played a show. God knows who else played it, but I remember you guys were there. And I bought a demo, a restraint demo tape, and you gave me the option of two colours, the mighty green and the mighty red, because of the mighty South Sydney South uh, Sydney Rabbitohs. You know whose idea that was, don't you? Oh, mate, R-I-P-R-T, that's right. <laughs> so, I forgot about that. That's yeah. funny. That show you're talking about, I think it was a Mind Snare show, and Jed was at it. I was talking to him about it today. Was he really? And he, he asked for a demo too, which is funny. Yeah. I remember just, like, I rarely drink. I rarely drink and I rarely, rarely, rarely get drunk. But I was really fucking drunk that night. Really? Yeah. yeah it, must, it must have been a mind snare show. Yeah, yeah. That's, it. <laughs> That's fucking gold. All right, so tell us about the tell us about Smash. Like, we obviously, we didn't discuss in the in the for the previous part of the episode. Yeah. You know, tell uh, us all about that kind of what you were going for, who drawing drawing influences on, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, the whole thing came about. Uh, Shallon, Sean Allen on the Gold Coast was doing a compilation for um, uh, what was the God close the gap. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I was just trying to remember exactly what it was. Yeah. In, you know, indigenous, but close the gap um, was the cause, and and I really wanted to be involved in it. And and he asked if Level wanted to do it. My yep current sort of current band yeah um and I, I was down but the dudes like everyone's sort of too busy and that's been the whole thing with level um it's just been real hard you know the whole sort of time we've been doing that band me and weber have been doing it for such a long time now yeah and it's always just been such a hard slog that it's kind of taken the fun out of it you know like yeah i, I always was real psyched to do a band with him especially like because you know, he's an Adelaide legend. I'm from Sydney. Like it, it was something new, and but as as time's gone on, it's just got so hard. And like I loved mm. making music with Lockie and uh, Liam, the two younger kids. Well, not kids, but guys we had yep. in the band with us. But yeah, so that that just kind of was too hard to record a song for them. And I already had this song. I don't know why, but like months ago, I just picked up my bass. Oh, I think when Last Nerve played that show, there was this show. Yeah, I, yep. I hadn't picked up my bass at all before then, but yeah. And so when I, when I relearned those songs, I think I wrote this like super simple song, which is actually going to be the first song on the EP. Yep. And then, um, so anyway, I, I said to Sean, "Yeah, I've got a so I've got a song. I'll try and get it recorded." And it was going to be a smash song because that's actually how the band started in the first place. Cade, who um, sang in a band called Bench Press, yep. he lived he lived on the mid North Coast somewhere, I think. Yeah. Um, he asked no apologies to be on Australian hardcore compilation. Okay. And I was like, I was like, for sure, I'd yeah. love to be on it. And same thing, we couldn't get our shit together. So I recorded a song, me, Pete, and Andreas, I think, played drums. Maybe Mick played them. Was that Ostrich? Yeah, yep. that was a song called Ostrich. Yep. Um, same exact deal. So with this one, I was the plan was to do a smash song. Yep. Um, and yeah, it didn't happen. So I ended up giving him just a level song, an old one. So that didn't happen. But then all this COVID shit kicked off and I've been stood down from work. So I've got heaps of, well, not free time. I've got two kids, but I mean. <laughs> You've got more I've time got, than you had. I've got more time than <laughs> I had. And it was weird, man. Like I found myself playing guitar, um, playing bass, playing drums. I'm trying to teach myself how to play drums. Not See. that I have a drum kit, but I've got some shit. Um, and like my wife's 
fully like it's crazy like i guess like when you strip everything back maybe the creative side of you comes out a little bit again yeah maybe. well when, i guess when you don't have the the day-to-day yeah bullshit yeah yeah I, so, someone asked me about it and they're like how are you finding it i think it was one of my friends in america and obviously adelaide is a lot different to sydney yeah but sydney's a lot different to la or new york, new york you know what yeah, I mean? yeah absolutely and i said man i'm i'm loving it like yeah this is the time where you get to do what you want to do, not what you have to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than fucking go work for someone, make a money, dude, I get to just do what I want. Yeah. Pretty much. Like I'm going to look back at t- on this year and I want to like really, me and my wife have said this all along. I want to really look back with fond memories, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not freaking out or like obviously getting that job keeper payments. <laughs> Made things Probably, a bit a lot yeah. easier, yeah. Yeah, like if that's gone, I'm fucked. But I, dude, I just won't pay any of my bills. And well, what, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't yeah. care. Don't, don't pay me JobKeeper. I just <laughs> won't pay my bills. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, more time. So I just started writing some songs, and like, obviously, I'm a very, very basic bass player or guitarist. Yeah. So, so the plan was to keep it super simple. Obviously. And when I, re- I re-listened to the demo that Smash did, so after we did that split, I actually did a demo too. There was this kind of, it sounded like two bands to me. There was like almost a youth crew kind of floor punch sounding couple of songs. Yeah. Which I love that kind of stuff. I love floor punch. But um, then there was like a more punk kind of negative approach sounding yeah. stuff in there. And I, and I was like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the direction. Sick. So, yeah. So it's just like straight, like, yeah, 80s hardcore punk. You know, I want that real punk influence to come through. And I'm actually writing some more stuff now, and it's real punk, like more punk than the EP. But we'll wow. see what happens. Yeah, what's your space? I like. I thought it was great that one, um, I think it was, I think it's the song Sick. Um, yeah. Has, yeah. That, has that long sample. Yeah, which is almost longer than the song because like yeah. oh, minute twelve, that's a long song for what you're doing. <laughs> oh no, yeah. hold on, it kicks in at about thirty six seconds. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I found out that it was going to be a tape, this is my brain. I think I've told you it before. Go on. Whenever I do a release, I write to the format. So if I'm going to do an album, it's going to be ten or twelve songs. Yep. It's going to start with a short, fast song. Yeah. 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 Track three is going to be the single. Okay. Track, right. track six is going to be an interlude. Yep. And the last song is going to be the last song. The it's closer. Be, yeah. 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 So when I found out it was a tape, I wrote an A and B side. So listen ah, back. Ah, yeah, right. Back to that the makes sense. Again. So, so songs will end on a note and start on the same one, shit like that. So it's three, so, three tracks aside. Yeah. So the fourth song, it's got the long bass intro because yep. it's the start of the B side. That so makes same, sense. Same if it was a seven inch. Yeah, it, of course. Yeah. But I've since learned uh, tapes in 2020 are all on one side. <laughs> well, I was, yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling that could have been the case, but great concept. Yeah. You know, well thought yes. out. Yeah. I get points for trying. Yeah, know? that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking great. Um, so look, I reckon my favorite, I mean, the whole thing was really cool, but my favorite was the opening track, Go Away. I thought that was fucking, it yeah, just right. was a good 
statement. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You said you like you love. Um, you think? Uh, is it? What's the last track called? Stupid people. Yeah, which yeah. is also really cool. But yeah, I just really like go away was like flag in the sand <laughs> kind of track. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the song I wrote for the compilation. That's why I kind of wanted it to be on there because it it's sort of about, um, <laughs> I guess like that ignorant white australian mentality of this is our country yeah you, you don't belong here dude yeah. me and my wife and our kids we're in the car the other day and we pulled up next to this you with stickers all over it and usually you're like whatever that's f- kind of funny he's a bogan but yeah. this guy had a sticker on it and it said wait what did it say oh it said fofo and I was like, and it had a map of Australia. And I thought it was like a play on um, words with the fly in, fly out. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it said fit in or fuck off. Right, on it. yeah, fantastic. And so we went home, right, and I said to my wife, I'm going, because where he turned was heading to Glenelg. Okay. It's, it's like the main road to Which is Glenelg. a beachy suburb, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and it's, yep. it was like a Saturday night, so he's probably going down there to either have a beer or a coffee or, you know. Yeah. I said to my wife, I probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> I said to my wife, are you right putting the kids to bed? I'm going to go for a drive. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she knew exactly Do what some was. justice, yeah. Dude, how could you do? How could you put a sticker on your car like that? But, like, like imagine that, that just Well, the- listen to this, right? My wife's Aboriginal, so okay. fit in. Fit into what? You know what I mean? Well, like, that's exactly right. Yeah, and that's what this song's about. Australia now is a multicultural country. Yeah, yeah. So not, you don't have to fit in. And if anyone wants us to fit in, it's the people that were here before. Yeah. But the original owners. Dude, that's right. So anyway, that's what the song's about. And even fucking dude, and and that's also when the song's called "Go Away." It's like I don't even want to have these conversations anymore because everyone should know by now. So it's just like, yeah. please, just just go away, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, that dude, I was going to smash his car to pieces, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. if it was in a quiet enough street, he wouldn't have had a window left, you know? Yeah. It's just insane that people can have those views. But then, then you look at, like, you know, without getting too, not even Alex Jones, but, like, to whatever like you look at the mainstream media when i say mainstream media like i'm not saying they they you know they're advocates of lying or whatever like but they have their they have their demographic they have their Mm. like you know they know they know their readership or their listenership or viewership, and so they feed on that and if you're if your viewership is completely sold by the fact that you know they're here to take our jobs or whatever. Like, yeah. Then you'll play on that, and you'll you'll curtail to their fears. Dude, every time. I rang, I rang the Daily Telegraph <laughs> once. What, what's that guy's name? Mark Bolt or whatever. Uh, Andrew Bolt. Oh, Bolt. Yeah. Is that his yeah. Andrew Bolt. Andrew Bolt. Yeah. And, and I said, oh yeah, I just want to make a complaint, and they put me through. And I said, oh, it's just about Andrew Bolt's thing. And she goes, you're about the fiftieth person that's rang today. Yeah. And I said, you love it though, right? Because people would buy your shit newspaper. And she's like, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And I, and I just was like, fuck you and fuck your newspaper. Like, how could you even print this guy's fuck? It was something, what was it about? He was saying that uh, Aboriginal people should stop putting their hand out. And I was just like, you're a yeah. fucking idiot. Like, 
It wasn't even. I can't even remember. It was way worse than that. Actually, it was fucking insane. Yeah. yeah. But they just, they just know like you know there's um there's the American Ian Coulter who like she's you know like really not that it matters but like easy on the eye like so she always appears on tv shows and has her books and da 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 and she just tows the company line and will change it and you know they'll change it if that's the way the wind's blowing kind of thing and yeah yeah and it's like well what do you stand for like yeah Mm. anyhow hopefully with the way things are hopefully moving these people die out and people with brains that's, yeah, that's my weird thought. I have that all the time. I just think like, you know, it people are called progressive for a reason and mm. and that mentality will just become more and more and more obsolete. Yeah. You know, yeah. As long as that guy's still driving his ute around though, they're still out yeah, there. Yeah, they're still out there. <laughs> that's right. Sick. <laughs> oh fuck. Mate, this has been great. Thank you very much for like you know letting me have the chat and yeah. It's anything you want to say before we bounce? Um, I was just gonna say when I did start doing this smash stuff, I had no intentions of sort of playing shows, but now that I've done it and the amount of fun we had recording, um, expect a tour. Yeah, we're not touring, <laughs> but definitely gonna play a few shows here and there once this shit fucks off. Sick. That's for sure. That's good. I'm glad. Mm. Awesome. Dude, thanks heaps. Thanks for having me. That's fucking great.